Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with my beloved wife, Weiss, wife, Lisa. You've forgotten who I am. I uh, definitely didn't forget that. I just forgot what you were, apparently. <laughs> What's up? What is up? Good to see you, baby. You as well? God, I haven't seen you. I feel like this is like the start of every episode now. Like, I haven't seen you. We never get to talk. I really enjoy having this doing the show because I get an hour with you. Yeah, but this really, and you've probably been saying this really hardcore for the last probably six weeks. The last six to eight weeks has been by a factor of probably 25 or 30% the busiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, and I feel like I've been very understanding and Uh, very um, putting myself on the back burner in regards to like, you know, the time that we're having together. And then this morning I woke up and I know that you've got so much on your plate. Like we're only getting closer to the deadline. I know. And so I've been really understanding. But then this morning I woke up and I was like, all right, I actually think now is getting to the point where if I don't say something, it can start causing a problem in our relationship. And so I text you and I said, babe, can we have dinner together tonight? And you were so sweet and you're like, oh my God, I would love that. Yes, absolutely. And so your response was wonderful. Um, and like, I think that that's just been years and years of us practicing, right? Me not feeling, because I was torn actually initially, because I was like, but he's got so much. Like now's the time you're asking for his right. attention, Lisa. <laughs> like, come on, you know, as, as you get closer to the deadline, it's actually worse, not mm. easier. But I really did stop and I was like, you know what, this is, I, I've promised you as your wife to speak up when I feel like we're in the danger zone. Um, And so, yeah, this morning I spoke up and I think it's beautiful the way that you responded because then you didn't, you know, if you had been like, God, you know, do we need to, like, I will if you want me to, like, even that response I think would have like pushed me back into, okay, maybe now's not the time. And then I've seen that play out in our our past where I tried to be understanding and then I just hit a brick wall and I get really upset because I haven't spent enough time with you. I don't feel connected really. Um, and so, yeah, today was the first day that I spoke up in a while and you were very sweet. So thank you for that. Well, A, absolutely. And I would have, you know, been sweet like that, even if it wasn't something I was feeling internally as well. But I was thinking, oh man, like we are, which is why I had like a suggestion ready right away. Cause I was like, dude, tonight we need to like, really, I'm just not going to work. We're going to hang out because I'm going to be gone this weekend. So it's like, uh, and because you can't really fly, it's like, you're not going to be with me. So just sort of the nightmare scenario of this all happening at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought, yeah, at some point you just have to say, yeah, things will be less than they could be because I'm going to take this time off, but my marriage would be better than it otherwise would be. And that's the thing that I most want, like e- even selfishly, like I want the time I want to be able to connect and hang out and that was what I really wanted you to feel. Like I was almost, my first reaction when you sent the text was I was bummed because I was going to pitch you and I didn't want, I wanted to hit you with it before you asked me, but it wasn't on my radar that you were going to ask. Mm. So I didn't think, oh, I have to tell her I was going to say it later today. Um, but then I thought, well, trying to like get credit. No, no, no. I had thought of it. Yeah. Like that always is terrible. Um, so I just thought, well, this is the world's easiest yes ever because it's what I need as well. 
But it's the way that you responded. And I think that um, this kind of goes with really any type of, um, you know, like, hey, will you come shopping with me? Like you want your partner to be with you. And when someone says yes, but they're not enthusiastic or they're like, fine, I'll come along. It's just like you really do negate then the credit for for saying yes. So your response wasn't, and look, I know that you're going to be very honest with me because if there were moments where you're like, shit, deadline is tight, you would say, look, babe, do you really need it? Because this is what's happening. And I would have understood, of course, but I still would have been bummed. Um, Or you could have just been like, yeah, sure, if you need it, right? That's another way of responding that would have made me feel like, well, hang on a minute. Like, yes, I do need it, but that actually makes me feel a little badly about mm-hmm. myself saying it out loud, um, even though I'm admitting I need it. Like, it's weird. I don't- oh, I totally get it. I think everybody listening gets it. It's it. You can show a level of vulnerability in saying like, this is what I really need. And then if the person is like, well, if you need it, it's yeah. like, it, you're slapping them down. And I think people need to understand, yes, you have said an affirmative response, but em- like everyone knows what you really mean, which is that I'll, I'll do it, I'm willing to do it, but I, I'm not interested in that. And so that's what they hear. They don't hear the yes, I'm willing. They just hear the, wow, what I really needed in that moment was for you to want to connect with me mm-hmm. and to to not give somebody that and and all here's like a advanced strategy that people can use let's say you said something like that to me and i was like whoa i'm really stressing out about this but i know that this is good for the relationship so even though like i'm like oh god i really need to get this thing done and it just becomes i say yes because it is my highest priority for the marriage so i'm doing it out of just having the wisdom to say know your priorities, always act in accordance with your priorities. My marriage is my highest priority and therefore this is getting a yes. Like once I work down that and I know I'm going to say yes. So begrudgingly saying yes is the dumbest thing ever because now you're not going to work on the thing that you wanted to work on that made the bonding moment a little bit stressful. And the time spending bonding isn't gonna work because the person feels rejected even though you said yes. And so it's like, in fact, in re-researching David Goggins for the episode we just filmed, he wasn't talking about relationships at all, but this is just a good thing in life. When asked, how do you breach a door when you know on the other side there are people with AK, there may be people on the other side with AK-47s that want to kill you, he said, once you decide to breach that door, kick that motherfucker open and rush in like you own it. And it's like, that's just good, good advice in life. You may not want to do it. Okay, fair enough, don't do it. But if you decide that you're going to breach the door, if you decide I'm going to say yes to this, then fucking with the, like, make your heart so overflowing with the love and the warmth and all that that you legitimately feel for that person and then say yes from that place rather than, because the only reason to begrudgingly say yes is to make them wait longer to ask next time. And I want to make sure that you ask the second you have that feeling. So I want to make sure, because I'm not bullshitting as driven as I am, as hardcore as I want to go, when I look at my life without the love that I have for you and all of that, it, it is a thousand shades less bright and wonderful. It is far emptier. And when I look at my relationship with you without my ambition, it's less interesting, less full, all of it. So I have these two things. So at some point I had to cross the chasm of, but what's the lead thing? And the easiest way I can sum it up is to say the people that have the strongest home life take the biggest risks. Mm. 
And it's just so clear to me that even my ambition is a slave to what we've created together, which is why the only thing that fucking freaks me out is brain damage and losing you. Like everything else is replaceable. Another career could build that up. I could do something else. I could just write for the rest of my life. And while it may be not the vision that I have for myself now, like if I were a quadriplegic or a brain in a vat, legitimately, I would be like, I would flip a switch and be like, cool, then I'm just gonna write from here on out. And that is still a life that I would love and have deep passion for. So it's, it's just very obvious to me that the lead thing in everything in my life is our relationship. Um, and so when like I have to slot things and, and this is really my takeaway, people need to know what their like hierarchy of values is. Like what is the highest value? And then actually act in accordance with that. Mm. Yeah, but it, it, there's more nuances than that though, because even though I am your highest priority, there are times where you can't put me first. Even if like, if it came to extreme, burn down the fucking business uh, or divorce me. Like, I know which one you're going to choose. Or not divorce me. Whichever, yeah, you get my, my meaning. Right. Um, I know which one you're going to choose. But ultimately, even that, like, let's say, for instance, you say that I'm your highest priority and then business. But there have been times where I've said, hey, like, let's do this, let's do that, let's hang out. Or that one time that I said, I need you. Yep. And you still said, you said no. Mm -hmm. And I've we've spoken about that situation before. But it wasn't, even in that moment, it's not like I thought to myself, oh, business is more important than me. Correct. And But we had to discuss it and discuss why and then balance those options. But it's, so it's not as easy because if I had said, hey, I need you, and then you've got this business thing where you had promised you were going to be there and you didn't want to like go back on your word, even when those come into conflict, if you say your priority is your wife, then you wouldn't have gone. I know that I'm your priority. Yeah, so I was going to say, it's actually so that's not what true. I'm saying. There's what little saying. nuances. There's in... massive nuances, and you're well into the advanced class <laughs> on this. Um, and this is really the, the sad reality. Relationships that are going to be successful or not is because they have the broad strokes and they have the nuance. And mm. it, what it really comes down to is I really want to give people how to steer by the nuance. What it comes down to is in that moment, what's going to what's going to bend and what's going to break oh, and so if i'm in a moment where like with the one time i had to go on a business trip at a moment where you were really emotionally upset and i thought okay well two things that i value very much who i am my very identity is tied up in going i said i was going to do something and i'm going to do it now if i say i'm going to do something and then i don't do it something breaks mm -hmm. Your, your word. My word, my but view of myself, oh, quite frankly, yeah. breaks. Because I can handle, if other people think I'm a, a shit, what I'm, that's whatever. But if I think about think it about myself, mm -hmm. something is broken. And I would have thought something badly about myself in that moment. And just to clarify, I guess, for listeners who this is the first time they're hearing the story, this event that you were going to was very important. It very, wasn't just like important. a business trip. Yeah, but yeah. you're like, hey, I said I was literally. It, I can't think of another scenario yes. ever in my life yes. when I wouldn't have just canceled the business trip. Yes. It happened to be that particular thing. Yes. So I knew something would break by not going to that and I could never make it up. It was a once in a lifetime and literally once in a lifetime. And so I was like, I have to go on this trip. 
Whereas what was going to happen with you was it was going to bend mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to be good. But I knew that you would, I would be able to make you feel the sincerity mm -hmm. of me not just being flippant about this or whatever. And so while I knew there would be a bending on that, there wouldn't, nothing would break and that we would be able to come back from that and we'd be stronger and it wouldn't be some real black mark on our uh, relationship or anything. So that was where they, they both came into conflict and it wasn't the reason that you didn't feel that, um, that the business came first was the reason that I knew that I needed to go because I knew that it wouldn't break your image of the relationship being the most important thing because you understood the realities of the situation and all of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think it was really important in that situation is whether you articulated that to me. Yeah. Right. You weren't just like, no, I've said that I'm going, I, I have to go. You literally, you know, we sat down and you said, look, what, I mean, exactly what you just said now, right? Like, it's not just about the fact that I said yes, is that I need to believe that in myself. And this is a, a self esteem thing like I need if I'm going to say something at this level I'm going to turn up and if I don't it's going to make me feel like this and then I was able to see it from your perspective instead of my own and my own needs I was able to say okay well like I wouldn't want you to ever ask me to not be the woman that I am if you turned around and said babe I want you to be a stay-at-home wife I want you to have kids and I want you to drop this business thing like that would be detrimental to our relationship because you're asking me to be something that I'm not mm. Um, and I think that a lot of women really do like right now um, in society are trying to kind of juggle that like I really want to be this independent woman but I really want to be in this relationship and I found for myself this is how it's done it's making sure that you're true to yourself finding someone that can also understand that right so in this situation I understood where you were coming from um, but then the other side of it is for me it was I think god you either confirm this or not but I think that's the first time I've ever asked you to ever not go on a business trip and I said that it's because I need you here Honestly, I, I don't think I've ever asked you to not so in that situation I'm putting myself out there right I'm like okay this is the one time Lisa you're gonna right. ask it because you've never asked this of him before and we've agreed that hey when you need something you need to speak up and you need to put yourself out there and so I had done that and then I got rejected and I know that I've spoken about this before again, but like the one thing that I remember saying to myself, we have to deal with this right now because I can't let this build animosity. Because if I don't express, if we don't talk about it, this is going to build up. I'm going to start holding resentment towards you. Um, and so the fact that you had broke it down for me and explained it made me understand it from your perspective. And then for me, I just said, you know what? Yes, you put yourself out there. Yes, he said no. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. That doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be there for you. It's just a shitty circumstance. Right. So to play the victim and to say, well, you were the, you said no to me. The one time that I asked, right, I could have done that. That's playing the victim. But ultimately, we're in it as a team. And you going to do this business thing is for both of us. It's for the family um, as well as it is for you. And I only want good things for you. So if I'm trying now to stop you from being the man you want to be, like that's not a supportive partner. Just like I would want you to support me if it was the other way around. Word. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor 
And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc.com slash Lisa and download the ZocDoc app for absolutely free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Lisa. ZocDoc.com slash Lisa. All right, should we get to a question? We should. All right, let's get to the first question. All right. Um, This is from Matt. Hey, Tom and Lisa. I was talking to a girl for about a year, talking in quotes, meaning we were in a weird friends with benefits with feelings phase. By all measures, she was a perfect girl for me. We love the same music, are both passionate about fitness, like reading, writing together, and have great chemistry. Plus, she's stunningly beautiful. However, when she finally asked me to be her boyfriend, I said no. Here's why. I'm still in college and she has already graduated. I've dated a girl who didn't go to my school once before and it drastically hurt my personal, social and professional development. Once I stopped investing my time and energy in forcing a relationship and invested it in myself, my life got exponentially better. The next semester, everyone told me I looked so much happier. So I feared that dating this girl who already graduated, who had already already graduated would hurt my personal growth in these formative years of college. Months later, she now has a boyfriend and I worry I turned away the perfect girl for me. Am I overthinking? Am I just afraid of commitment? How do I get over this in um, incessant question of what if I said yes? Yeah, so this is, um, I think, an irrelevant question. So life has played itself out the way that it has played itself out. I don't think people should be afraid to make decisions if in the moment it didn't feel like it was worth continuing, then I think it is only the fear of loss Mm. and the playing of a scenario of, oh, what if it kicks in magical thinking, it kicks in scenarios that aren't necessarily reflective of the truth. So what I always tell people is when you were in the relationship, you were happy to end it. That's a sign. Like it's only when you're not in the relationship that you think, oh, well, maybe so. If in the moment, it's just not that interesting enough, like when with every person I was involved in before you, eh, if we broke up, we broke up, like it was a non-issue. Once I was in a relationship with you and once it crossed a certain line, it was like, oh, I would do anything within my code of ethics, but anything to keep you. Like it wasn't like hard. I didn't have to overthink it. It was like, it was just that compelling to be around you 
to invest time with you, to um, the way that you made me feel about myself was so much better than I felt without you. Like just everything about it was awesome. And so like, I think to me, it is very similar to people on their deathbed wishing they had lived their whole life differently. Well, no, not if, if you lived your whole life the way that felt awesome, no, I'm not talking about people who are depressed and barely getting by and finally on being on their deathbed, it, it releases them from the shackles of other people's thinking. And then all of a sudden they realize their whole life was a mistake and suboptimal. I'm saying like right now, my life, I love my life. I'm on fire for my life in a way that I've never been before. And it's literally my life has been these sort of progressive stair steps to enjoying it more and more and more and more and more. But on my deathbed, I'm going to wish for different things because I'm on my deathbed. So to live my life now when I'm not on my deathbed for that moment, which is hopefully relatively brief and comparative time where I am on my deathbed for that moment, it doesn't make sense. It's a frame of reference problem. So if you're in a relationship and your frame of reference with that person is, eh, I can take it or leave it. Don't worry about now that your frame of reference without them is different move on, stop lamenting. That's a mind trick. Your mind is playing games with you. It's doing the what if scenario. It's doing buyer's remorse. In this case, what he bought was his freedom. So instead of, it's a very predictable pattern to get into buyer's remorse. He needs to start investing in those things that made him happy last time. What are those things that you want to do? Go and do those things. And then at the same time, if you still, after doing all of that, you're like, wow, I'm really not sure that I made the right decision with that. Okay, cool. Well, now you know for the next time because there is no one single person for everybody. So in the next relationship, remember that you overvalue your individual self when you're in a relationship, just like when you're single, you overvalue being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So you have this like weird mental gyration of grass is always greener on the other side. So if you know that about yourself, then go into that situation being realistic about that. And you have to almost discount your emotions and just start basing things on what your goals are. And if your goal is to be in a loving, committed relationship, then you know that you're going to sacrifice some of the other things, potentially, at least in terms of hours spent and stuff. Um, and conversely, if like being all in and your career is what you really want, then at a minimum, when you enter into the next relationship, you have to establish that, look, I'm very driven, I'm very ambitious, this is always going to be a big part of my life, I need to integrate you into that and vice versa. And so you're going to want to look for somebody who has also a high degree of independence. And so it's like really beginning to understand yourself, your personality, what you value, what you need in a partner in order to be the way that you want to be. So it, it isn't as simple as I want to fall in love right. because that is a cocaine-like neurochemical state mm -hmm. that will evaporate. And then you're going to make decisions that are very um, different as you go out of that phase and you go into the more mature bonding phase and if at that point, that excitement level that made you willing to sacrifice on the other things, if that's not there, that intensity, and then you don't want to be sacrificing, you resent them and you want to get out of the relationship, you can plan for that. But you just really have to understand yourself. Like I knew the neurochemistry was going to change. So staying with you just because you were that exciting in the beginning didn't make sense. I had to be able to project out and go, what does this look like 20 years from now? Will I still have this passion? Is she interesting to me? Am I intrigued? Does she push me to be a better version of myself? Does she make me feel like I'm a part of a bigger whole? And I know that it's become um, like people look down on like the notion of you complete me, but that's fucking how it feels for me. Agreed. And 
I love that. And that doesn't mean that I don't feel um, that I could survive without you or anything. It just, it would be, I know now how amazing it can be to be a part of a duo, but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't function. Like I'm not, and I know that you have like some secret fantasy about this. I wouldn't die if you died. Like it would I'm suck. Secret fantasy. You want to die at the same time. Of course I do. Who doesn't? If you're in a, if you're in a loving relationship, right. I want our ending to be like the notebook. What, what we just if... lie in bed. I don't want to have Alzheimer's. Let me take yeah. that out. But I want to be lying in bed together. You give me a kiss, and then we both quietly pass away. Like that, that's, that's what, the what best if you way could of have, dying. What if you could have ten more years without me? No. Yeah. See, I would take the ten. Years. I know you would. I don't take a And I think you're crazy, by the way. Yeah, I no, I wouldn't. Although, how old am I? Although, no, only 10 years, no. <laughs> like, if it happened now... Welcome to my wife, everybody. This is her. <laughs> how old am I? No. Well, what about the... No. I'm thinking of all variables, yes. okay? Because it's like, if it's only 10 years, then no. But if wow, you... only 10 years? Jesus, right, that's because, a lot. But if, it, if it's when I'm 60... Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want the last ten years of my life to be just sad wow. without you. Whereas if it happened now and you gave me thirty years, then I could probably get over you, find someone else. Yes. <laughs> no. And, and none look, of those are offensive. And to me. that's the thing. Like I was kind of joking, In fact, but playing not. this episode back, I've always wanted to say this in some way that was like semi-permanent. I'm telling you right now, I definitely want you to mourn. It would, as a living person now, it would suck to think you wouldn't mourn me. Yeah. But very much, go find somebody else go be in another magical, beautiful relationship and like build that life together and know that you would have to let go of me. And I like, want you to never find so another woman oh, I'm well aware, I am well aware of your stance. You want me to die if you die. Okay, this is all very clear. So, yes. No, I mean, look, when I say like, if we're both good at, yes, I want us to die at the same time. But of course, I feel the same way. Like I would, I would want you to absolutely find somebody else that made you happy but at the end of the day you're not quite as happy like keep the ashes over the fireplace (laughs) and say just occasionally (laughs) why can't you be more like lisa (laughs) i trained wookie to bark at him exactly but actually i really like you brought this up earlier when you were just talking and i was like you know it's interesting because you did it kind of as a flippant comment but people may not know um our stance on that type of thing so you've actually when we first met you even said like there's not one perfect person for everybody and i think that a lot of people get caught up on like i haven't found the one um yeah talk a bit about that because i found when we first started talking about it i found it fascinating now i'm like i'm such a preacher of that as well yeah i mean at the end of the day, I think that you can be in a relationship with somebody and have shared so much and have such commonalities and shaped each other that it, that it is the most extraordinary thing that life has to offer, I think. I think that I don't have kids, so I, I won't cheapen that experience by saying that I understand, but I will say that kids ultimately leave you. And you have a chance in this life to have a person that's with you from the moment you get together until one of you or both of you tap out. So that to me is is a pretty extraordinary bond that's unlike anything else. If it's done right, it can also be nightmarish, but I don't think that it makes any sense to conceive of that there's only one person. Like we all know there just aren't that many variables to take into account that are that meaningful that you couldn't find other people. I think that it's not like anybody will do. I think there's a lot that goes into selection, but I would say, I mean, Jesus, out of whatever half of 7.5 billion people is, 
assuming you're straight, then you've got a huge chance, call it, I don't know, man, this, these are ter- 100 million people that could like fit well enough. It's still a small percentage of the grand total, but it's a lot of raw numbers. And the easiest way to explain that is you and I were different people when we mm-hmm. met, like just fundamentally different. And yet, as we've changed, and there's probably been three or four like epics of us, and I don't, is it epics or epochs? I think it should be epochs. I hear people say epics all the time, but it's spelled epoch. Mm-hmm. So, but these, these like time periods in our lives where we were different people. Yeah, and in each of those periods, we have stayed connected and on fire and in love, but we've had to re-explore ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest change in our lives was first me becoming an entrepreneur and then quite frankly, you becoming an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And those were massive changes for us. And it was fun to like re-navigate that and rediscover each other. I actually love that. I love that we're ever evolving. So if you know that even there's four variations of our own selves in these four years and that Variation number two of me would not have fallen in love with variation one of you. Variation mm-hmm. three of you wouldn't have fallen in variation love or love with variation two of me. It's like, that's that's the truth. Like we've often said, oh, if we'd met even a couple years before, we wouldn't have clicked. Yeah. So it's, it, it, yeah, it's, I think just doesn't make sense to conceptualize the world like that. And then it puts, I think, a lot of pressure on that first date where people expect it to be like, you're obviously the one because the one has characteristics and all this stuff that I could like detail out. It doesn't quite work like that. Like even though you match, like when I described my ideal female and you happen to like tick all those boxes, when you really look at the things that I described my perfect female, it was just initial attraction. Mm. So yes, you had the thing to get in the door, but I had met other women that got in the door and they just didn't have that thing that then could sustain and evolve and change over time. So expecting there to be anything much more than attraction at the beginning of a relationship is like, it's going to put so much pressure that it will almost certainly implode because yeah. it just won't feel like that. They won't feel like the one because there is no one. Also, I think that when you spot things that aren't working, you'd be like, oh, well, clearly he's not the one. Whereas I think we were just young enough to be like, well, it's not a big deal. We can work through it. Um, I think as people get older, that those ticking the boxes become more and more important, at least the people that I know that are still single. Um, I think it's people who believe that you shouldn't have to shape the other person. You shouldn't want to be shaped. And my thing is, being in a relationship is compromised from top to bottom. And it is a compromise that you willingly make because the rewards of being somebody's number one in a healthy relationship with communication and trust and support and encouragement and all the amazing things that come along with it and fucking awesome sex. Like it's, it's all the beautiful things of a family member. It's all the beautiful things of a friend that you also get to have this incredibly passionate physical relationship with. And so it's just this, it, it is to me the ultimate relationship. It's the only relationship that doesn't have like, an, uh, it can't have some of the other part, right? So like, obviously you don't have sex with your friends. Right. Um, with your family, it's like, there's almost too much familiarity and there's mm. hierarchy and all of that. Mm. Whereas with your 
partner, which is the absolute right word for it. You're not a partner with anyone in your family other than your spouse. You're not a partner with your kids. Um, and it's the only relationship that can also explore itself physically. So it's like, it has all the beauty of um, all the like trust and love and support that you have with children, maybe not the unconditional part, but all of the other parts of that. It has all of the other parts of like, you know, the thicker than blood is thicker than water and like all that, like in, in the right relationship. Like I, I feel just as strongly about you as I do my family who I'm blood related to. Like, I don't have whatever dichotomy some people have where they're like, well, I'd never choose my spouse over my family. Like, what? Like, and that's part of the problem, I think. So to me, it, it is like that ultimate relationship. So it's worth the compromise, but it is a compromise and you are shaping each other. And so, you know, look, yes, we got lucky in the sense that we got together when we were very young. So We'll never know whether we have to, we would be able to get over those things. But I really believe that we would shape each other. Like I would be open to, I don't know why this won't turn off. This is very weird. Um, why I think that we would be open to that even older because we've seen how like critical it is to, to shape each other, to communicate, to find a path to, um, to make those compromises and make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Of That was great. I like every time you were saying, oh, that's so good. That's so good. I want to follow up. And now I've forgotten it half things. Yeah, but it was yeah. really good. Um, I mean, we absolutely have shaped each other. And I think that there's, you know, even when I was younger before I met you, you were like, no man's going to change me. And it wasn't that you, because I think it's, people see it as like, you're going to change me into something I don't want to be. Right. And somehow it's going to be a hidden change that I'm not aware of. Um, and so for us, though, it's been encouraging each other to um, be a certain way so we can really um, come together as a team and grow. And like you said, we've changed so much over the last, you know, 16 years that we've been married, um, which is interesting why I always think about people who are remarried and so a lot of people marry when they're young and then it doesn't often work out. But then when they re remarry when they're older, I think it's because they haven't been able to sustain that change in growth. And so if you're young and you've just, you're in a you know relationship, I think it's going to be important to address what happens when you change over time. How are you guys going to handle it? Because it will happen. And if you don't address that change before it happens, you, you know, I, we know many people, they've blinked and now they don't, they barely know each other. They've been married for 10, 20 years, but they have no clue who the other person is. Um, or they, Nor do they feel that connected. They don't feel connected. Exactly. Or they fling, they're like, you're not the person I'm married. Like you and hear that you all the supported time. supported me. Mm -hmm. so. um, all right. So one more question. It's going to have to be brief, but yes. Where? Oh, I see. We're waiting for the one more question. We are. Got it. We'll cut that. I was like, this is a dramatic pause. All right. So one more question. This is from John Bird. I'm 22. You are, I'm a 22 year old man and I'm in my first relationship, my first serious relationship. The longer it goes, the more I realize that it's not for me. I'm a big loner, but I have friends to fall back on support if I need. I like working on my hobbies and she doesn't allow me to. 
or if I do, she will bring it up in the future. I just don't see a relationship working for me. I always want to work and people frankly drain me. A weekend on a project is better than going out shopping for me. I'm not completely cancelling the idea of a relationship, but I just don't think it's right for me in the next 10 years. Is it okay just to work on yourself and your hobbies? 1000%. There is absolutely no moral obligation to be in a relationship. So I will say my gut instinct is there is a person out there for him. It just comes down to whether he wants to put in the effort to find that person. But admitting that the one that he's with now just doesn't seem like a good fit. Fair enough. If Here is my advice. If there isn't so much dust that is settled that he has resentment and contempt for his partner, I would just right now from the jump start being brutally honest about what you want and need because you may be shocked that they're like, oh, wow, that's how you want to be supported? Like, I literally had no idea. I know that probably should have been obvious. I can't believe I didn't see it. But like, I'm happy to support you in that way. And you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up. Here's how I'd like to be supported. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's just all the things that are unsaid that make it seem like the other person isn't right because they're feeling some kind of way, which is why they're reaching out or making comments or whatever. And I'm guessing they've never taken the time to say, you know, when you say that, it makes me feel like you don't like me working on these projects. And I could understand it's very possible. It's because I'm not making you feel connected to me. I'm not making you feel wanted. Is that true? And once you're like talking at that level, then the person may be able to say, oh my God, like, yes, that is exactly it. I don't feel connected. I'm not feeling wanted by you. And then I'm assuming he says, I do want you. I love you very much. I care about you very much. How can I express that? Because I'll say that at a basic level, they probably haven't even done like the love language type. So they don't know like how the other person likes to hear and feel things. So for instance, you like quality time. I like words of affirmation. So last night you wrote me, I got home late. Like my world has turned so upside down now that we're really uh, sincerely getting into like film and stuff. Um, and you had left me this note, um, which was just amazing. And it was, you were thanking me for working so hard. And I was like, this is so amazing. <laughs> and so, and I know that like, you're going to want that quality time. So you send me that text and you immediately get like the super, um, you know, enthusiastic response because we know each other's love language, because we've had the conversations, but I think people, in fact, everybody, if you're listening to this show because you actually want to improve your relationship, here's the secret. You always hear people say it's communication. But the truth is, it is such a ridiculous, laughable amount of oversharing, overstating the obvious over and over and over again, defining words, writing things down, handshake agreements on things like it the the absurdity of detail that hides in when people say communicate what they really mean is the level of like think it get clear in your own mind and articulate in a non-emotional way the the level that you have to do of that is hilarious like from the outside and that's why i'm glad we've had a few episodes and hopefully we will have more and more over time where we just actually click into we're sort of quote unquote negotiating something between us mm. on camera on um, audio where people can listen to that and go oh that's actually how they talk mm -hmm. that's not just them describing what they do that's actually how they talk 
And then I think that would be a huge breakthrough for people where it's like defining words. What does that word mean to you? How does that make you feel? Um, where you try to articulate, I, I, I'm feeling this when you say that, or when you say that, this is how this, that makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And it may be petty and it's absolute. And actually saying these words, this is coming from a place of insecurity for me. Like when you say that, which you have every right to say, I totally understand that, but you're triggering insecurity in me. So forget the guy's name who asked the question. Timmy, when you go work on your project and I haven't had a chance to, you know, through the week talk to you about my projects and I need to process verbally and my love language is words of appreciation, which I have not gotten from you because you don't know that and yours is, you know, touch or gifts or whatever. And so it's like, you're off doing your thing and you gave me that gift earlier because that's your love language, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I need words of affirmation. So you think you've already given me everything you could possibly ever give me that I could ever want. And I'm acting like I haven't gotten anything from you, but the reality is I just want you to come look at my painting and say, that's beautiful. And I said, I just, just need you to say it's beautiful. I just need to hear that. I need to hear that I've worked really hard on it and that you appreciate that and that you respect my artistic talent. That's all I need. But you keep paying to have my paintings framed and you took down all the family photos and you hung up my painting but you never said anything about it right right so it's it's these two love languages coming together now it may also be that he just fucking doesn't like being around people and fair enough sure. but i'm just saying starting with the absurd level of communication first and my thing is once you're ready to break up the hard work's already done so now like all the like brutal emotions now just be crazy, ridiculously, absurdly honest with no fear of loss and see what happens. Mm. Not, not in a way where you're trying to slap them around or be cruel with it, but now just like completely emotionally evenly, tell them exactly who you are, what's in your head, what your love language is, how, like all of it. Yeah, that's such great advice. One thing I want to add that you had said, one thing that we do is I'll say, okay, what was your intention when you said this? because this is how it made me feel. And then we literally compare, okay, well, I meant you to feel this or I wanted you to do this and I felt like this. And then go, okay, so how do we get to you achieving what you were looking for? I will then return and say, well, don't use that word because that word to me is a negative. Use this word instead. Like instead of say, baby, come or come here, I'd say, maybe say, baby, do you mind coming here? And obviously that's a terrible example, but you get the difference where you may go, but I said it in such a sweet voice. It's like, it didn't come across sweet. And those little things, I think people just get rubbed the wrong way and it happens time and time again. And especially when you're living with someone, you do that three or four times in a day or three to four times in a week, it starts to stack up. And so we do get upset and we sit down and say, look, I don't want to be petty, but this made me like feel like this. So if you want me to actually hear what you're trying to communicate, this is what I need you to say. And we give each other the phrases that we need to say to each other for us to get the result that we're looking for. Church. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You can follow us individually at at Lisa Bilyeu, who's blowing up, by the way. Get on her IG oh, game. It's absolutely see. astonishing. She's been invited to speak at a TEDx. Th this woman is on fire. If you're not watching Women of Impact or listening to it, you are way missing out. That shit is for real. We're now on podcasts as well. So you yes. guys can go subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, check that out for real, for real, for Women real. That is amazing. And secret note to any guys listening, listen to Women of Impact. 
it is women who think they're just talking to themselves. It's like your chance. You, you've always said you want to be a fly on the wall. Here it is. Uh, so you will definitely dig that. You can follow me at, at Tom Bilyeu. If you care at all about storytelling, comic books specifically, New York Comic Con, so many people from this team are going to be there. That is October 4, 5, 6, and 7 in New York City at the Javits Center. So be sure to join us there. And you've taken comic books to a whole freaking new level. Yeah. Like just saying, like if you guys think that you know what comic books are, you don't know what. There it is. The impact that yeah. comic book is. Very bold. Yeah. Uh, and then also the one ask I am actually going to yeah. have on people that um, people have been doing it. You guys, you are so incredible. I really appreciate it. The one thing is um, trying to get this podcast, this relationship podcast out to as many people as possible. This very one that you're listening to one, right now. Yes, because your time is so limited. I desperately, desperately don't want to stop doing this. And hey, growth is a great way of me showing you that we should keep doing it. Um so yeah, guys, if you are listening to this, screenshot it and post it on your IG story and tag us. People have been doing that recently and I can't thank everyone enough for how meaningful that is. We've already grown in the last three weeks since I've been making this ask. So guys, really appreciate it. Please, please keep doing it. Amazing. Thank you guys all for the support. We yeah, do not okay. take it for granted. Thank you for submitting your questions, which we love. Yes. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be, be legendary. legendary. Bye.